0: Welcome to Women of Grace in the Marketplace on talkeerie.com. Here's Janelle Keith and Lori Clapper.
1: And we have a special guest today. Her name is Dr. Kelsey Smith. She is a doctor of family practice in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And we are honored that you're here, Kelsey. Tell us a little bit of your background story.
2: Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm really excited to just talk to uh, the other people in the audience that might be trying to step out in their own business journey and and just what that looks like for them because i didn't necessarily consider myself a businesswoman my entire life so <laughs> I, I grew up in uh rural oklahoma so uh, on the farm riding horses my parents you know harvested wheat and had cattle so uh, a pretty idyllic childhood as far as my um upbringing went you know growing up on the farm uh, i did like school and science was one of my favorite classes so I really thought I'd do veterinary medicine when I kind of got interested in medicine but um, strangely enough I'm fairly allergic to animals and so uh, I remember the allergist telling me that he laughed at me actually when I told him I was going to be a a veterinarian because I was so allergic to animals and I thought well I'm going to show him So I took uh, allergy shots for like two years trying to fight that and finally decided that uh, someone was trying to get my attention, that that wasn't the direction I was supposed to be going. And, and uh, like, I mean, that's really before I considered myself a Christian. So I like to say God was kind of pointing me in the right direction, even before I was willing to listen to him on a, on a daily basis, but uh, kind of decided people wouldn't be so bad and started, you know. Kind of redirecting my studies towards pre-med instead of pre-vet which thankfully are really uh, similar in their uh, course track and so here at oklahoma state i ended up uh, <laughs> deciding to uh, apply to medical school and i did not get in the first year i applied but then after that went on to <laughs> uh, get into university of oklahoma medical school and then went to family medicine uh, residency in tulsa so from there, I moved back to Stillwater and have been in family medicine uh, since then. Um, I've got two kids, and the first one was born one week after I graduated medical school. So she's 19 now, and my son was born in 2008, so he's going into high school this year. He'll be a ninth grader in the fall. Um, I've did. I restructured my practice, so I was a bit of an entrepreneur for all of my practice years here in Stillwater, but I restructured my practice in 2012. Uh, the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021, uh, to a direct primary care practice, and uh, what that means is I no longer take uh, insurance. Um, it became, it started to feel a little bit like a um, dishonest relationship to to charge people amounts that I had no idea what they were paying for my services, and you know, interns may or may not pay for my services for pretty you know uh, reasons that. I couldn't determine and the patient couldn't determine. So it was really like there was this uh, intermediary between us that was just getting in the way more than it was being helpful. So uh, in the direct primary care world, we charge a, a typically a low monthly fee um, that would be lower than you might consider a true concierge practice where you know you have a doctor on retainer, but a, a low monthly fee that gives you full access to your physician and my patients can come see me as often as they want. They don't pay a uh, per visit charge uh and i'd stock you can kind of see maybe behind me i've got a pharmacy in the office so i stock low-cost medications that i dispense um to my patients um at at lower costs than you can get even uh you know at the pharmacy sometimes with their insurance and it really gets um the doctor patient relationship back to its origin so I, I start to feel a little bit more like it'll you know is it Dr. Welby or, you know, back in the 1950s, you know, so.
0: Wow. You know, I never heard of a direct care physician. This is the, my first yeah. experience with anyone who's done anything like that before. So where sure. did you first hear about doing this? Was it something you were familiar with as you went to medical school or something that you kind of caught your so, attention?
2: No. And when I was in medical school, I graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 2003. So it, the direct primary care movement, as it is kind of has become known as wasn't really happening then and um, it wasn't until probably about 10 or 15 years ago that the first direct primary care practices opened up and it's kind of been uh growing since then it's really caught on and is gaining momentum amongst physicians who are really committed to to working directly for their for their patients um in the just the business of medicine a lot of physicians find themselves um you know we, we talk about burnout uh, but when you get down to it you know the treatments for burnout for physicians have a lot of times focused on well you just need to be more resilient you need to you know kind of that you always want to work smarter not harder but it always boils down to that you just have to work harder (laughs) and (laughs) see more patients and you know there is no none of the working smarter it's just okay well come attend a resiliency you know talk and and we'll teach you how to just get through this that's not working and so when you see a medical system that seems to be kind of like a train running off a cliff. Uh, direct primary care is one way that I've found we could kind of jump off that train and and offer it a different solution. Uh, it's not for everybody, but it certainly was the best option for me. I, I first heard about it probably five years ago back. Uh, that was about the time Medicare started and um, they, they call it uh, like paying paying for performance and so If you've ever been to the doctor and they've asked questions that you're like, this really has nothing to do with why I'm here today. You know, maybe especially older folks when they come in, maybe we're talking about their fall risk and asking if they're depressed and how much alcohol do you drink? And they're like, I'm here because I have a sinus infection. Why are you asking me all these things? Well, it's because there's all these things that pay for that doctor to be rated as a good doctor in the system. And so they have to click all these boxes. So what should be a nice quick little visit with maybe a paragraph of a note to explain why they were there and what you've done. Gets bloated into a seven page document with all of these things that get reported quarterly back to the third party payers, whether that be Medicare or insurance um, to rate you as uh, to your quality as a physician based on these different factors that whether you've clicked the right boxes to say you've assessed this or that every time someone comes in. So um, so the the whole system is kind of built around increasing the amount of busy work for physicians with less time spent you know actually interacting with your patients so it's less of a doctor patient relationship and more of like a doctor computer relationship and that i think a lot of people have experienced that when they go to the doctor and think why why aren't they talking to me why are they spending so much time on their computer and that's that's mainly why is there's so much to document with each visit to try and make sure that your ratings don't go down because at the end of the year if, if they determine you're a bad doctor by those ratings they can even take some of that money back so you're never sure exactly what you're what you're earning and and what you get to keep at the end of the day uh so it's you know especially with covid that came on and and really threw a lot of physicians and healthcare workers into just a frenzy of of more work um you know rather than burnout i think at more appropriate term that people have started talking about is just moral injury uh, where you feel like you know you're just not able to make sense of why you went into medicine. You're there to serve people and to help them and you don't feel like you're making that difference anymore. You feel like you're just. A cog in a wheel that is going in a direction you don't agree with. And so this was one way to be able to get back to that doctor patient relationship and and feel like you're you're making a difference again
1: wow i was i was just about to ask where do you draw the line between actually helping people and just jumping through the insurance hoops you know and that's that's you just explained that beautifully yeah that's interesting that's so interesting because you don't think about doctors having to go through all that all that junk, you know, just yeah. to be paid for their services,
0: which is ridiculous. Yeah, I never well, knew that's but... why I was getting those th- questions asked of me all the time. I <laughs> had no idea. <Right. laughs> just do it. Just answer it. Cause that's what we do. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it got to feel dishonest, you know, because somebody might come back to me three months after their visit and call and say, well, why do I still owe you $120 for a visit we had in November, you know, of this past year? And I'll be like, I I literally couldn't tell them. I mean, and that just didn't seem. Honest as a business person to be to not be able to explain someone's bills to them, and I think that's something we've all experienced looking at, you know, maybe an insurance estimation of benefits. It takes a degree in, you know, healthcare finance to figure out exactly what was charged, what was paid for and what you owe, and whether it's correct or not. Mm. And it shouldn't be that way. It's it's much more simple than that, especially in the primary care setting.
1: so what's the difference between uh primary care direct primary care and Mm -hmm. functional medicine is it basically Uh, the same
2: not necessarily functional medicine really um, can be provided in a lot of different business um you know um, uh, methods so it could be functional medicine could charge insurance they could and do you know any type of business model but it focuses more on um, functional medicine would be more homeopathic and uh, behavioral type lifestyle changes and things to treat underlying medical problems and um, so direct primary care kind of describes the business part of how we provide that care so you know with someone paying a monthly membership fee and you have direct access to your physician so there are some direct primary care physicians that focus more on functional medicine and certainly the two are probably linked more in that um, you know when i was in the insurance-based system and my basic appointment um, schedule was about 15 minutes per patient and sometimes people would be double booked to try to get more people in you know in case you know uh, acute need somebody has an ear infection or strep throat you try to squeeze that in in between so then that gets you down to seven and a half minutes per patient uh, if they're if you're double booking your schedule uh, You don't have a whole lot of time to talk about those lifestyle factors or, you know, hey, what's going on in your life right now? What's the underlying reason that, you know, we're we're treating this, um, you know, high blood pressure or depression or diabetes, you know, to get to the root source of their behaviors or their lifestyle that's that's feeding those medical problems because you just don't have time. So you end up, I mean, that's the other thing people get frustrated with medical doctors, you know, as well, they just always throw a pill at it. Well, when you're stuck with a seven and a half or 15 minute visit, that's about all you've got time for as well. You've got diabetes. So here's this pill. You have high blood pressure. Uh, here's this pill. Yeah. Um with direct primary care, I think you can focus a little more on the functional medicine side, even if you're not necessarily a functional medicine doctor because you've got the time. So, you know, my basic appointment time frame now is 30 minutes and I never double book appointments and if someone's a new patient or has a complex issue we can we can book that as long as we need to you know an hour Mm. or even more if necessary Uh, so where I used to see maybe 25 to 30 patients a day on average now I'll see a busy day is 10 or 12 so it's it's allowed me to be more present for my patients and we can get into those conversations of you know why is it that your blood pressure is high you know and maybe we find gosh it seems like your blood pressure is really a lot higher when you're at work and on the weekends when you track it it comes down you know maybe this (laughs) is related to workplace stress you know or things like that Uh, or maybe it's related to diet you know you find out well what are you doing during the day well I drink three or four energy drinks okay well maybe that caffeine is really you know (laughs) boosting your blood pressure up higher than it needs to be so you get some stories that in a seven and a half or 15 minute visit you just don't have time for and so you uncover a lot of more root problems of disease instead of just treating the symptoms
0: all right. We're here with Dr. Kelsey Smith. She's a direct care physician. Very interesting stuff. Stuff I never knew happened within the medical <laughs> world. So uh, we'll be right back with more about uh, Kelsey's career and how she balances home life and her business life. Stay tuned. Women of Grace in the Marketplace will be right back on TalkErie.com. Welcome back to Women of Grace in the Marketplace. I'm Lori Clapper, along with my co-host, Danielle Keith. We're talking with Dr. Kelsey Smith. And Kelsey, it's been so eye-opening to find out more about being on the other side of things in your medical practice and the things that you've had to deal with and, and the decisions you've made because uh, of all the hoops and the burnout and the things that doctors do do deal with on a daily basis with patients. But uh, now that you've kind of ventured out on your own, what was that moment? Do you have that aha moment or that green light moment where you said, yep, I'm going to go this different direction with my medical practice?
2: Yeah, well, like you said, I've, I learned about direct primary care and had been thinking about it for probably five years before I took any action uh, to move move that way. And it really was during the pandemic. I was a group in a group of five physicians, and during the whole of my practice to that point, we had worked together as a team to cover each other's call nights so that I was only on call overnight every fourth night. Only had to work one in four weekend, or yeah, one out of every four weekends. And we delivered babies. So I was up a lot at night delivering babies and going to the hospital to see patients before clinic and maybe even after clinic and things like that. Uh, so when as a group we decided that we were at the point we no longer wanted to do obstetrics we no longer wanted to go to the hospital as a group i decided that was the time i needed i needed to make a switch especially when our office manager came to us and said okay well if you're not going to be doing those things anymore but you don't want to see a a decrease in your bottom line you're going to have to see more patients in clinic. I mean, it's just kind of an equation type of thing, you know, and so I remember her coming into my office and saying, well, it's okay if you don't want to, you know, lose money with this transition away from doing obstetrics and things, then you'll just need to see seven to nine more patients per day. Wow. And I, yeah. And I was, I mean, I can still feel that sinking feeling in my chest kind of, you know, like st- catches your breath and kind of makes you feel a little bit sick to your stomach. And I was like, I, I can't, just keep running faster on the hamster wheel. So uh, I knew that it was time to make that jump off of the runaway train to, to do something different so that I could slow down and provide better care to my patients and uh, take better care of myself. Wow.
1: You know, that's really a genius decision because often we put ourselves last on the list is regarding quote unquote self care, you know, and we still have a hard time defining what that is. And so Seeing you make this decision with determination uh, and no not just affects your business but your family structure as well
2: oh, absolutely. I, I remember my son asked me he was thirteen at the time, and you know because you have so much documentation in the insurance based system, I was a lot of times my evenings, my weekends were spent getting caught up on charting and so I'd be on the computer not only during my office visits with my patients who wanted you know me to be more present but I would be on the computer at home when my family wanted me to be more present and so I remember when I was making this transition my son asked me he said mom when you're in direct primary care will you have to do so many charts and I said, no, that's one of the reasons I'm switching over. And, and, and he was like, good. I'm glad you're not going to have to do so many charts anymore. And, mm-hmm. and, and it has. It's, it's taken the focus off of the documentation and back on the relationship. And it's been mm-hmm. great. I've, I've been able to be with my family a lot more. And, and I, you know, you just don't realize how much you're missing out on when yeah. you are running so fast.
1: Right, right. So obviously, you're a very good listener. You know, you're building these relationships with your patients and your family. How hard is it for a physician to advise a patient and they just disregard everything that you said?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, it it is about building that relationship. And so, you know, I think that especially when when people first come in, they they don't really have any reason to trust me other than the degree that's hanging on my wall, you know, or whatever, that you know they can trust in my education but they don't they don't know me as a person and so i think that trust mm-hmm. builds over time and and people become more willing to to make bigger changes in their life based on my advice the the longer we know one another and so i it, i'm i've tried not to take that personally when people you know are entrenched in in how they're doing things enough that my advice doesn't doesn't sink in and and certainly we know that uh you know people have a kind of a decision-making process where you know you're pre-contemplative where it's like you know I'm not really even ready to listen about what you have to say about this you know we talk a lot about that when you talk about trying someone trying to stop smoking or something but it applies to so many health decisions you know and then you become contemplative about it well okay maybe I'm willing to listen to you about my high blood pressure or maybe we need to do something about my cholesterol and then then find it finally you're ready to take action you know and so uh, just meeting people where they're at i think is important and i think that's why having a, a personal physician that you feel like you can reach out to and can work with you and um, through your healthcare journey is important
0: interesting oh, the, the stages of uh, that a patients go through now I'm going to be thinking the next time I go to the doctor oh I think I'm in the pre-contemplative stage right now <laughs> I don't think of it yeah, that way yeah, but yeah, I, I, I love to hear about this don't yeah, tell me I don't know. Me I need to lose a few pounds yeah. right right I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this a while do I really want to give up the Twinkies I don't know <laughs> I'm just kidding nice, but nice. no it's, it's very interesting to get you know the other side of the story because you know I've always just Janelle. You, know, you and I have always just been the patient <laughs> yeah. in many different areas but that's that's very interesting but we only have about a minute left in this segment so uh we're gonna wrap things up for this uh this little bit of time here on women of grace in the marketplace with dr kelsey smith very interesting to get a doctor's perspective and we'll be right back when we talk about kelsey's faith and how that works in to her daily routine as a medical doctor don't go away
1: With Dr. Kelsey Smith, who tell us this answer, Kelsey, how does your faith mix into everyday conversations with your patients?
2: Well, you know, we were talking during the break that you know it we're kind of ingrained not to talk about politics and religion in the course of everyday conversation that it's, it becomes rude, but no holds are barred in the medical office. you know, people talk to me about things that they probably wouldn't talk to anyone else about, you know, even their pastor or or spouse sometimes. And so, um, I I did attend a a seminar training one time called the a medical evangelism training seminar METS conference and if any um, healthcare professionals are listening and and are wondering how to broach that subject of faith in the in the exam room that's an excellent um, conference or you know training to, to attend the medical evangelism training and um, and and I think one thing to to keep in mind is you're not going into it trying to convert someone per se but you're you're meeting them where they're at and you're finding out an important part of their health history because we talk about your surgical history your medical history you know things like that and very rarely does anyone talk about someone's spiritual history and so Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times just asking someone what their faith background is what their spiritual history is and whether that's similar to my own or different is really irrelevant but just opening that door to talk about spiritual things and some people might say that you know they really don't have much of a spiritual history maybe they've never been um, involved in a pursuit of God or faith Uh, but in in a lot of cases it really opens the door to to people to be able to talk about an important part of their life that uh, affects their decision making and and how they feel about uh, their approach to life and so I try to include that as a part of their their documentation. So I don't forget that, you know, someone um, has this or that background in their spiritual life. And and then when it's appropriate and I feel led by the spirit, I have definitely prayed with patients often and and I even have patients that know that that's the case and and will ask for prayer and um, when they're at their visits, sometimes as well. So uh, it it's an interesting um, component of the doctor patient relationship. I certainly am not their pastor or anything like that, but um, can certainly talk to them about spiritual things absolutely
1: absolutely and we know the great healer so you know you have an excellent uh, inroad to that uh conversation nice
0: Absolutely. i think because you have a little more time with your direct care uh you have a little more time to figure that out and talk with your patients a little more do do you feel freer now to do that than you did while you're in primary care
2: I think so. I mean, I have some patients that followed me from one, uh, my, my initial practice to this new venture. And yeah, you know, I would have told you that I knew my patients very well. Um, you know, some of them I'd taken care of for 14 years before I made the transition. And, i um, I found that even those people I thought I knew well, I, I've learned so much more about them being able to interact more deeply. And, and that's been nice, um, to have that closer relationship with patients, um, And as far as, you know, trying to to pray with or for people, I think one of the the key questions that I learned in the uh, training that I went through was asking someone if it would be helpful if I prayed for them, you know, rather than, can I pray for you? It kind of puts them on the spot, but it's a little easier for people to divert and say, well, no, I I really don't think that would be helpful, but it's it's surprising um, when you ask that question in a more open-ended way, how many people will accept that offer uh, for prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because even if they're christian or not they recognize the power of prayer because they've heard it right. talked about in the you know in the general circles. so it's just like they know it's there they just don't want to acknowledge it themselves but even so they still sure. value it yeah and what an opportunity
0: awesome. what an opportunity for them to see the power of prayer if you do pray together mm-hmm. or Absolutely. perhaps spark them to pray on their own
1: then and to see things happen yeah and just to follow along in their progress too you know as far as a solution you know and uh to see god actually being the healer of all of our 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 situations yeah and sometimes i don't know about how, how it comes with you kelsey but with my own life i know that when you take care of the inside the outside is a lot better
2: (laughs) absolutely i've actually spoken a little bit about um stress and and anxiety at church for a women's ministry um, event a couple years back and and it is there's so many things that are are where we're at mentally and 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 spiritually affects every aspect of our physiology you know it can Mm -hmm. cause headaches upset stomach you know shortness of breath you know all these things. You know high that blood pain. pressure, high <laughs> <That> pain, <laughs> yeah, pain, yes, tense muscles. All these different things that <laughs> you know when you root down to it have a much deeper um, source. Mm.
1: So why is it as women we put ourselves last on the list? Can you can you answer that question for us?
2: Well, I, I thought of, I thought about this a little bit because you know in in thinking about medicine and um, faith, I think you know we've all heard people. Accused doctors of having a God complex, you know, and thinking that we're the ones in control and and I, I. You know, perhaps that's true for some physicians, but I actually think in medicine we realize how little we we are in control and, and how much is outside of our hands. But and um, I think it, it's more in my role as a as a, as a woman, as a as a wife and mother. And physician that. Uh, we have to admit that sometimes we develop a little bit of a God complex that, like you said, we want, we feel like we need to, and we're called to be everything to everyone. And we put ourselves last. Um, and so I think throughout this journey, I've, I've learned a little bit that God doesn't call me to be everything to everyone. And um, he calls me to be who who I am and to use my gifts to the best of my abilities and to step back and, and let him be God um, in areas where mm-hmm. I I fall short Um, and I think that's hard to to accept and and I do think a lot of working moms in particular and just women in in general we we try to be that you know be end all be all to to everyone that depends on us and yeah and that's not what God called us to be
1: no Mm.
0: No, so true. So how has your faith helped you through this journey from, we know it's not a straight path, but, you know, yeah. you've taken some detours and you've changed directions. So how how has your faith really um, complemented that and, and helped you through, especially when you're making these big decisions?
2: You know, I think it has helped me not to have too much fear in stepping out and making such a big change. And certainly my husband has been helpful with that as well. And and his faith is important to him as as well. And so I think that's one big thing in in talking about how to make a big change is is to be, just take that first step to voice your your dreams, even if they seem out of reach or, you know, a little crazy at times to talk about the people, talk about them to the people who are important to you and certainly voice them to God who, Already knows they're on your heart, but to to speak them out loud to him in prayer is sometimes helpful to to help see his direction um, as you're trying to move forward. And and so I think I, that some of the faith lessons I've learned as I've I've taken this journey is that my identity really isn't in being a physician. Um, my identity is in Christ, and and that's something I could say in in word, you know before this but you know if I were to if you're actually nail me down I I took a lot of identity and how many patients I could see a day and well you know how how well am I taking care of folks and you know what is that grade that I get from these insurance companies to say how good a physician I am you know and things and that was where my identity line and now I really can say that you know I I feel like I'm relying more on faith and just the direction that God sent me so
1: nice Nice. Yes. So you've learned a lot through your ste- bold step forward. Yeah. And I'm finding, too, that just like you're saying, uh, without really saying it, we have to have courage Absolutely. for the for the things, the dreams that God has placed on our heart to do. Otherwise, you know, he's able to pick other people, but he's entrusted us with the gifts that he's given us. And I think right. that's really really great so what verse do you have that that encourages you as when you have those down times you know this am i going the right way in times of uncertainty
2: Uh, well i know that um, music is important to you guys being in radio but uh, i i'm always drawn to verses that um, kind of have hymns or, or songs kind of that can resonate in in my heart and in my soul and so um, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 is a is a great one that I always come back to um, that says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. And so the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, um, is is kind of something that uh, resonates with me and is kind of always in the background of my thoughts, especially um, during hard times, like you say. Mm-hmm. So,
0: as a physician, but also as an entrepreneur, as you're, uh, you've started this direct care, which is a little different for a different uh, way of going in the medical field for sure. How would you can encourage someone who maybe not in the medical field, but someone who's thinking about venturing out on their own in their given gifts and given industry?
2: Sure. I, you know, first of all, we've talked about a lot, but I think pray you know voicing those desires for what you want to God and to those that love you is is a good first start rather than keeping it hidden in your heart Um, and then just taking that first step I think that's something I've learned is that um, you certainly are not you don't have to have it all planned out like this you know elaborate you know 12-step program to get where you want to be obviously planning is is good but you don't have to see the end result and exactly what steps you're going to take to get there to take that first step and so i think that's what's interesting looking back i would say that you know it has been a fairly direct path to where i am and um, now a year and a half into my direct primary care practice and um, things are, are going well and and i feel like we're we're moving forward but uh when I took that first step, I couldn't have told you where we would be today. So um, so taking those first steps in faith and realizing that you don't have to have all the answers just to get started. And we so much want to know the plan before we <laughs> yeah. set out on it, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: You're a wife, you're a mother, you're a physician, you're an entrepreneur. How do you make all that work on a daily basis?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have a wonderful husband for for. You know, I have to give him credit where credit is due. He he has been um, more involved in the day-to-day functioning of our household than than a lot of men are, and and that has made my job in all ways easier. And so we are definitely a, a team. Um, and my my kids, you know, I I joke a little bit that I was so busy with work that they have become really self-sufficient as well and so um you know maybe out of a little bit of necessity but but they they are wonderful in stepping up where they need to 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 help me out and so i feel like um our family works as a team and and that we have the same goals in mind so that that helps a lot to be able to function on a day-to-day basis but I'm um, putting work where it belongs a little bit not necessarily in the back seat but certainly not the uh, overarching priority like it had been for so long has has really helped with balance in my life for sure.
1: It's, it's a practiced skill to be able to leave
2: work at work right? Absolutely and, yeah. and certainly as a physician when my, I am available to my patients 24-7 um, by text and by phone I, I don't necessarily leave work at work but that's been the surprising part is when I am more available to my patients they respect my time even more and so they know I'm going to be there for them and so they'll wait until eight o'clock the next morning to call rather than sending that text or phone call at 11 p.m at night and I think that's what's kept a lot of physicians from following in this path as they're concerned about how much people are going to overutilize their services or you know take advantage of them and um, I've been so pleasantly surprised that there is a mutual respect whenever you engage people in such a uh, heartfelt way
1: nice nice
0: well we've been talking to dr kelsey smith and when we come back janelle and i will share our takeaways from the show and kelsey give you a little chance to get to know her a little better and how you can contact her in our final moments of women of grace in the marketplace. Now, Janelle, this is the time of the show. We get to share a little bit of what we got from our guests experience in both faith and in work and always so much to process, but always so much great stuff to take home with us as well. So what what is your takeaway, Janelle?
1: Well, I feel like I went to college today because <laughs> medical school maybe. <laughs> yes. Not necessarily in terminology right. but in just understanding the framework in which doctors have to operate if you are in primary care and then the direct care that Kelsey was telling us about is just like you said earlier, eye-opening. And um, you know, we tend to forget that doctors are humans too. You know, we <laughs> we just think they're that uh, you know that magic machine that we can go and tell all our problems and then they <laughs> fix it and then life is good, right? But that's not always the case. They have families, they have lives, they have spiritual lives too. And I'm encouraged that there are doctors like Kelsey out there that are. Uh, living out their faith and sharing it with their patients so my word for or few words my takeaways it has to be courage you know the courage in which she stepped out on her own you know being led by God to do this and as if no one else was doing it she just knew this was the right path and stuck with it and didn't give up at the first sign of you know something not working out so Uh, I'll take her words. You don't have to have all the answers to start. And uh, that that was very encouraging today. I think the word I
0: got from this conversation is time. And I think Dr. Kelsey Smith, she was very sensitive to that. The time that she knew she wasn't having with her patients as a primary care physician, and, and that time kept going down and down, the more patients that they had to take on. And she went to the direct care route where she can take that time to listen and to learn more about her patients. And, and that in turn gave her more time at home. Her her kids noticed, right? Oh, good. You don't have to do all those charts at home anymore. Not as much. And and she was rewarded with time as you were just saying in the last segment that when you have that availability that you have now, your patients respect that time even more. So, and I think that's uh, the gift of time is something that we can all you know, think about a little bit more in our daily lives because we tend to stay very busy no matter what market we're working in or what we do for a Mm -hmm. living. And at time is so important and to be sensitive to have time where it's really needed. So that that's my takeaway from today's show. I yeah. love it.
1: It's like you said, we, we have to acknowledge time and we serve a God that lives outside of time. So we have to have that love-hate relationship with it all the time. That's <laughs> <Yes>, exactly
0: <laughs> all the time. Dr. Kelsey Smith, how, you know, people are listening to this show in uh, many different places. How do we know that there's a direct care physician in our city or in our town?
2: there are actually uh, maps that are available online Uh, if you search for direct primary care mapper or dpc mapper it will bring up a um, site that is through dpc frontiers and that will show you exactly where the closest direct primary care clinic is to your location and and the the different clinics are certainly structured differently according to you know that the doctor that runs them so the the mantra and direct primary care is if you've seen one direct primary care practice you've seen one direct primary care practice so certainly um, if you investigate the ones that are near you the the physician may have a slightly different structure than what i've described but the overall philosophies and um, you know the the idea is the same, that it brings us back to a direct relationship with our patients. So, so I'd encourage people to look that up and find out where the closest uh, practice is to them.
0: And how, if someone wanted to know more, and perhaps they live in the Stillwater, Oklahoma area, how would they get in contact mm-hmm. with you?
2: Well, to, to learn more about my practice, the, the best first place to look is my website, and that's at www.pioneerhealth.com dpc stands for directprimarycare.com and uh, certainly can reach out uh, in person by phone or by email our phone number is 405-777-4955 and um, email is dr kelsey smith D R kelsey k-e-l-s-e-y last name smith smith at pioneerhealthdpc.com that one's a little long but uh but you can find that on my website too
0: all right. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for spending this time together. Very interesting, very fascinating things. And uh, we hope that you enjoy the show as well. And if you would like to give us any feedback or comments, you can always email us at women at gmail.com. You can also listen to our podcast later if you miss some of the show on Spotify and Google. We'll see you next time.